Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Vit Friends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Vit Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molyneux. For information about vitiligo, Vit Friends, support groups, and ways you can support our vitiligo awareness initiative, visit us at www org. For questions and comments, email us at support at org. This podcast is designed to give our members a platform to share their stories about living with vitiligo and also share their stories about love, dating, relationships, family, and friendships. On today's show, I would like to welcome Renette Scott. Welcome, Renette. Thank you so much. It's good to be here with you. Good, good. Well, before we get started into our actual conversation, Renette, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and just tell them a little bit about what you do? Okay. So um, you know me, you've known me for many years, and um, so you know me as Renette Scott, but my professional title, um, Dr. Coleman, Renette Coleman, I am a former special ed teacher. I am a former school administrator, and now I work in a West Tennessee school district um, as the director of curriculum and instruction. I have two daughters. Um, One is a college freshman and the other is in eighth grade. And, um, you know, I just really appreciate this opportunity to um, speak with your listeners. Yes, and, and we're going to talk. Um, we're going to go through a couple of different phases. I want to start off first um, as educators. Um, okay. What are some ways do you think um, the school system and, like, let's say our Vit Friends organization can collaborate to put out mm-hmm. more vitiligo awareness? What are, what are some ways do you think we can do it? So students, um, because I have worked with students, um, special populations, I think that the first place uh, a parent who has a child with vitiligo should definitely do is communicate with the the administrator and get in touch with, um, you know, the special ed teacher, the, you know, any person, a counselor, anyone that can be part of a team because it is a team approach that will help that, you know, that child feels their, their best self. And to ensure that if there's any bullying, any picking, or anything that's going on, um, that, you know, that, per, that child has a resource. And their parents have a resource. Because sometimes, as we know with children, they don't always tell an adult, but they do tell their parents. And if they're talking to their parents, the good thing is that their parents actually know who to go to if there's problems. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that I guess kind of concerns me, and um, when we see publications, you know, definitely virtually, mm-hmm. when you go to a school's website, there's no representation to our population at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I understand it on one end that we live in a world or a society that, quote, unquote, has a perfect view of a student or a staff person, mm-hmm. but I feel like... Mm-hmm we have to do more to represent all people. Absolutely. So I think that how that happens 
becomes part we have to begin to change the narrative and I think that's what you're doing on your show. I think that's what you're doing in the organization. I think that children who who have vitiligo, they also have a role to play. And I think right. that they that they talking to their parents, them having a family, more of a, a you know, it is a family decision where do you feel comfortable, you know, being on you know, being in pictures. Do you feel because all of our, you know, parents have to sign releases. And so right. the school side says they need the releases signed, but the family side says, you know, do you feel comfortable being in, in, in pictures at your school? Right. And as long as the child feels comfortable, I think that that's one, um, one way that um, right. we're going to start seeing more, uh, you know, representation. And then the other thing is, what about grown-ups? You know, grown-ups who have it, right. go. This this is still a challenge for for them personally um, because the narrative has not been as um, you know open and and or inclusive, if you will. Right. And so we're speaking, we're learning new language and how to describe right. how to talk about things that have for so long, you know, haven't been part of a. Um, you know, been part of a narrative. You know, we right. when we were kids, Michael Jackson said he had vitiligo. He was right. ostracized. He was made fun of. You know, and now I think with more notoriety, and you know, it's part a little. I, I want to say it's a bit more part of the narrative uh, of our community. So now mm-hmm. we know what it is. You know, um, and so right. I think that. That's part of the, the 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 issue that we're that we don't have that we don't have a common language and we've not been right. trained and we need to be better. Right, and a big part of it is that education um, because it, it's one of those disabilities. I, I, I'm not going to call it a disability; it's a disorder, it's a right. skin disorder Absolutely. that you see it and you kind of ignore it. You go, "Oh, that person's skin," and you kind of walk away like, "Well, no big deal." And then you go and do something else, and, and you know, and it, and it kind of falls. I feel like it falls in the cracks where, you know, talk to that child, talk to that adult, talk right. to the parents, right. and find out how it really affects them because it may be on the surface, but internally, there's a whole lot going on. Whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically, well, meaning physical health or you know spiritually. I mean, there's a whole lot of. Uh, unknown that people don't know about having vitiligo or living with vitiligo. Absolutely. So I can, um, this is a, this is, I think that the other part of that is the empathy factor. Mm -hmm. So although I do not have vitiligo, my children do not have vitiligo. My children have dealt with eczema all their lives. Right, right. Um, And so with eczema, and I have had children um, I had a little boy when I was school principal. I had a little boy who was covered from head to toe with right. um, oozing open sores, and right. it was very heartbreaking. Every time I saw him, my heart went out to him. I wanted to hold him, but of course, even that would have been a problem because his skin was weeping and his skin was was so painful. But we did our part. And and the part that we had to play was to make sure that he felt comfortable and he felt safe. His teacher, I wanted to empower his teacher to make sure that if there was anything that needed to happen 
in the classroom, we normalized it. So the teacher had yeah. a hat day because he had um, he had an open wound that was covered with a bandage, and so he wore a hat, and so all the students in the classroom wore a hat. Um, and, and that right. was fine with me as a school administrator. Um, but I think that as the adult that we have to do that. We have to empower the, the child to be okay. We have to empower right. the parents. We work with the parents, you know. And I, you know, I understood because my children dealt with eczema that sometimes, you know, we're dealing with those physical. We're not just looking at the, the external, the, the skin. We're looking at what's right. going on on the inside. And so right. um, I never wanted them, you know, we found out that they have allergies and, and those things, um, you know, it. It comes with it, it comes with some responsibility, and so we have to empower our children. My children, I had to empower them with learning how to read early because I needed them to read labels so that they knew what right. they were alerted right. to and they could read it for themselves. Um, you know, this particular child that um, I'm thinking about, you know, empowering him with the voice to say, you don't, you know, if something's hurting, if you're if you're itchy, let us know so that we can do something about. So I think with children who have vitiligo, it's the same thing. We have to empower right. them to know that, you know, their complexion is beautiful. Uh, their, right. you know, their journey is empowering. It's, it's a powerful testimony spiritually, and it's a, uh, it's a mindset for the rest of us that um, it seems like it's a lot to ask a child, to do for the culture, you know, for their, their right. surroundings. We would like for the culture to be receptive to, you know, to any of us who have differences, but it's not like that. And, you know, right. I'm, I think about a, 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 you know, it says we have to teach people to, to love how to love us. And so I think right. that, you absolutely. know, there is something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's absolutely. I didn't hear you. I was so agreeing with you. I just said absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we have a responsibility as parents who have children with vitiligo or with any type of difference, you know, than what might be the perceived norm. We have a responsibility to empower them, you know, so that they right. know that their difference is not a disability. It is their ability. Right. Absolutely right. Now, you, you you keep saying empower, and I love that. Empowerment is very important. I want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's let's move from educator to let's talk as Renette Mark. Um, so okay. for our listeners, Renette and I go way back to the early 90s. We went to college together at Shaw University in Raleigh, North Carolina, to all of Shaw Bears, you know. Yeah. And you? not just as students, we also belong to an organization uh, brother sister organization. Um, I'm from Phi Beta Sigma Iota chapter at Shaw University, and you are Omicron. Beta Phi Beta Incorporated Omicron chapter. There we go. Absolutely. So we have a brother and sister connection right there, and we're friends on top of that. So we talk a lot. Absolutely. And absolutely, you and I had a great conversation back in January, and I'm gonna kind of put a little yes. plug in here in a minute. So go I ahead. wrote something on my Facebook page about having vitiligo and the challenges with dating. And I know that's not for every person. 
Not everybody has challenges. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like meeting people, but dating was mm-hmm. challenging because you also got to deal with my insecurities, my, mm-hmm. you know, self-esteem could bounce depending on the weather or how I feel. So mm-hmm. you and I were talking, and I don't know if you remember the conversation, but you said to me, are there any publications or books out there about having a bit of like on dating? Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. couldn't answer that. I said, no, not, not that I know of. Why do you think that was important? And then I'll get to the next part. Okay. So for me, I always, and, and that was part of my journey becoming, uh, getting my doctorate. It's the publication. And of course, then mixing that with all of my experiences in my classes um, at Shaw University, which is the oldest HBCU in the South. So when you That's go right. to an HBCU, you look for you know, you want to see, and it goes back to representation. You know, right. we want to see where we are. We want to see what we, where our contributions as um, African Americans, black people, we want to see where, our, where we made our mark, where we show that there is no such thing as this um, inferiority, um, right. you know, like we are inferior because we are black. There's, we're, we're, we're about breaking those myths, and we're definitely – um, willing and able to do that. And so I think when it comes to representation, that was what struck me as I'd, I've read a lot of books, you know, there, right. whether it's the, you know, uh, the, the journals in my studies, um, so my professional journals, or whether it's, you know, just uh, novels and, and reading I, I like, I'm going to date myself, you know, remember books on tape and things like that. Right. So, you know, CDs, audibles, you know, those types of things. I've not heard of a character right. dealing with vitiligo. I remember how many books, you know, I've heard, listened to so many books, but not often do you hear about a person in the story that's the central character that has a disability that might be sitting in a wheelchair or might have a, you know, um, some type of, um, unless it's something that they have to overcome, but by the end of the story, it's, it's you know what I'm saying, it's been resolved. It's, they've over, they, right. you know, they're well, they're better, and they go back, we go back to the narrative of, you know, normalizing, um, right. you know, just what the status quo instead of, like like you and I talked about Little Igo. So that right. was the reason why so, I asked the question. Okay. So, so for our listeners, what we're talking about, Renette uh, asked me about um, books with vitiligo um, characters and relationships, you know, kind of like a love story, basically. And I, I said, mm-hmm. well, I haven't read anything. And what you did was say, well, write that story. And I'm Absolutely. going, no, I'm not going to write that story. I write poetry. I write mm-hmm. poetry about love and all that stuff. And you've just kept pushing me, like, write that story. You know, write it. So what I did I wrote the story, and I'm going to put a little plug about the story so people know. It is on Amazon, so you can. It's an ebook, yeah. not a physical book. It's an ebook on Amazon that you can read. Um, it's called "The Patterns of Love," a vitiligo story. Yeah. And what it's about is that you have a character, and the character is actually a nonfiction story and a fictional story rolled together. The character is basically myself. Um, he's, his name is Mark, and, and it's kind of me telling my story about my challenges with dating. But the fictional part comes in when you meet the other character, Camilla, 
she's not a real person. The scenario that surrounds them meeting and dating is not real, but I'm putting my feelings into it. How would I handle myself in this interaction? You know, what would that look like? So with the story itself, it evolves into them developing a a relationship. There's a five-month gap, and then there is a little conflict that comes into play, but at the end you see how they solve it. And yes. that five-month gap, I'll, I'll come back and explore that later because that is another book, and it's going to be titled The Patterns of Love Homecoming. I'll get into that yes. another time. But the story itself is about a person with vitiligo in a relationship showing that we are love, you know, lovable people. Um, we desire the same things as everybody else. And there are patterns to our skin. There's patterns to, patterns to relationships. Mm-hmm. When you look at the story, you look at the book, there are patterns to the chapters, how the chapters end, how the chapters are written, the titles. And also with the artwork, um, anything that represents myself is a real person. That's me. Anything Mm -hmm. that represented her is hand-drawn, and then I kind of put them all together at the end. And it was a fun little book to write. It's a 30-minute read. You can find it on Amazon, The Patterns of Love, Mark Braxton. And I also wrote another one, and then we're going to switch gears again in just a second. I wrote another one called okay, The Pride, I gotta a Little Story. About this book. Yes. Uh-oh. I got to say something <laughs> okay. because I love it. Okay? I am so very proud of you. I love the book. It was a 30-minute read. I was waiting mm-hmm. to hear more about, like, I really, the characters stayed with me, okay? Right. And because I do know you, then I could see some of you. Um, in the right. book, and then it was the other parts of the character, the thought process of the character, um, in the thought process of the character of Mark. I just felt like, I was like, wow, you know, sometimes we don't do, like, we don't think about the growth that a person has over a period of time, but True. I felt like True. the way that you wrote yourself shared your cha- some challenges some challenges, and it shared, um, you know, the excitement. I, I, I just, I fell in love with the story. I am just very, I was very proud of it. Very, very proud Thank of you. And you know what? It was easy to write Camilla. I had a struggle trying to figure mm-hmm. out who's the main character. I was like, I need a male character. Who, who is it going to be? And I kept saying, I kept looking at myself like, Oh, I should be myself. Just be myself. That's it. And, and it was fun to write. It was really fun to write. Um, another book I wrote, it's a poem slash short story. Um, it's called The Pride, a vitiligo story. And it's about a lion who develops vitiligo and his journey wow. to find, mm-hmm. you know, self-acceptance and also to find a family. Because sometimes family is not what you're born into. It's who you right. have around you. And that's very important. Right. Um, so both of those, if you go to Amazon Smiles and purchase the book or anything you purchase on Amazon Smiles, a percentage of that will go to the Vit Friends organization, and that will help us with our um, Vitiligo initiative and all that. So I just want to put that plug out there. So I want to switch gears again before our time runs okay. out. Um, if For the listeners, if you went on my Facebook page on the Vitiligo pages that we have, there's this artwork that's a part of the advertisement, and that came from your daughter, Mackenzie. Yeah. So anyway, we can put Mackenzie on because I have a few questions for her, and then we'll wrap it up. But before you go, I want to say thank you, and I appreciate your time. I thank you for coming on. 
And if I need you on again, I'm going to reach out to you. Absolutely. I I would be glad to come on with you again. Here's Mackenzie. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Hello. Hello, Mackenzie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. This is Mark, the host. Um, So I've had an opportunity to see the picture that you drew. I don't know. I Maybe it's a painting. I'm not sure, but if you can t- share with the listeners what type of medium did you use and what was the inspiration behind it? Absolutely. Um, it's a painting. It's an acrylic painting uh, done on a small canvas. And I had little inspiration for this, and this is why. Um, basically, I think that we need more representation. This all goes back to what you've all talked about. We need exposure to representation, especially for children, because they need to see people who look like them. And so right. for me, drawing well, drawing and um, painting people that have, like, the difference, any type of difference, I think it's right. beautiful. I think these differences are what makes us beautiful. And Absolutely. They need to be taught from, like, a young age that these things, we shouldn't have biases and prejudices against people with the slightest differences. Right. And, and, you know, I think that's very important what you're saying. And for our listeners, if we're going to make a difference in this world, we have to start with our young people. We have to start with our youth. And for what you're doing, you're showing leadership. You're showing that, you know what? Let's look at people as being beautiful and not really necessarily, well, this person has this, they have, have that. We're all beautiful, you know, and I think that's very important going forward. Now, I say for some older people like uh, my age, and we kind of get caught up into how we were raised. And I'm going to credit your mom for raising you to love all people and to treat all people the same. Um, we didn't always get that. And what you're seeing right now in this world, I feel like, is a battle between the young and an old way of seeing life and a new way of seeing life. Um, Is there anything that you want to share positive with our listeners, young and old, Um, just just anything? Um, Sure. So um, basically to summarize everything that I said, we need to see the person behind their differences, but we need to also acknowledge those differences because that's what makes us unique and that's what makes us beautiful. And, of course, these differences and conditions come with insecurities, but there are still people who love us for who we are and can look past those things. Absolutely. But also acknowledge that they're there and commend Absolutely. them for things Absolutely. And, you know, that's absolutely beautiful because nobody wants to feel invisible. So I'm mm-hmm. going to get ready to wrap things up. I thank you for Mackenzie for taking the time to talk about your art and to give us some words of wisdom from the youth because I think we all need to hear it. I would like to thank your mom, Renette, for coming on to have a talk with me. And um, y'all have a, a beautiful rest of your weekend before we start our work week tomorrow. And um, stay
stay blessed and stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Y'all take care. Have a wonderful day. You too. And to our listeners. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And to our listeners out there, remember to visit Amazon Smiles. Any purchases you made on Amazon Smiles, make sure you search for VitFriends because a percentage will go to VitFriends.org, our organization. And also feel free to check out my uh, e-books. Remember, they are e-books and not physical copies. They are electronic copies uh, on Amazon, The Patterns of Love, and The Pride of Vitiligo Story. Thank you for listening. You'll take care. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye-bye.